Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 39 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage, Late Night Rager. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 124 of Receptopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW winds down. And last night was Friday night SmackDown going down live from the Raisin Cane's River Center Arena in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we kick things off with a wrestling match and not an in-ring promo i cannot believe it as we had a money in the bank qualifying match featuring drew mcintyre versus sheamus and these guys never miss in the ring against each other i go back to what they did prior to wrestlemania last year they gave us a trilogy in the thunderdome straight up match a match that went dq style and one that was absolutely balls to the walls crazy and they always give it their all they light each other up They deliver body shots. They chop the shit out of each other. They bruise each other up. And it's beautiful violence that will always make me happy as a wrestling fan. And we got that last night as they went at it from the opening bell. We got Butch going after Drew McIntyre like Scrappy-Doo that did get tiresome at one point. And thankfully, Drew McIntyre claymored his ass out of the ring towards the end of this matchup. But in the meantime, these guys were chopping each other throwing each other around with suplexes and Alabama slams. At one point, Seamus wipes out Drew with the white noise on the hardest part of the ring. You guessed it, the ring apron. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Seamus drops Drew McIntyre with the Future Shock DDT, which happens to be one of Drew's signature spots. But Drew responds with a white noise from the top rope to Seamus. Very, very close near fall. He goes for the Claymore kick by doing a 3-2-1 countdown. But Seamus counters with a jumping knee for another close near fall. From there, Butch decides to get involved. And I mentioned earlier, earlier that Drew Claymore his ass out of the ring but that allows Seamus to go up top and deliver a clothesline to Drew on the outside and the brawl continues as the referee starts a 10 count and we have Drew and Seamus brawling at ringside Drew goes over the barricade at one point we got Seamus and Drew grabbing steel chairs at the same time to attack each other with them and then the referee gets a 10 and both guys are counted out and that sucks And we have no winner as to who will qualify for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match next month in Las Vegas. And the brawl continues after the commercial break. They're fighting. We got WWE officials breaking things up, including the Hurricane, Jamie Noble, and Curtis Axel. And we have both men confront Adam Pearce backstage saying they want to be a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. And we got no resolution as of last night's show. And that irritates me so much because you know both guys can deliver a high caliber match. Maybe they'll run it back and it'll be no DQ, no count out. There must be a winner. And I'm fine with that, but this is such a shit way to get there because... Seamus and McIntyre are more than capable of delivering the goods on any given night. If you don't want either guy to lose, don't book the match. Do another qualifying match for Money in the Bank. Save this match for later if you're hell-bent on rerunning it back next week. But in any event, it was a fine way to start the show until the finish, which really got under my skin in the worst possible way. Next up is Zia Lee versus Lacey Evans in another Money in the Bank qualifying match on the women's side. And this match wasn't very good. Zia Lee had a promising start as a protector on SmackDown, had a mini feud with Natalia, and then she disappeared from television for months. Lacey Evans returned right after WrestleMania with five weeks worth of vignettes talking about her traumatic childhood and how she overcame the odds to be a U.S. Marine, a mother, and soon to be SmackDown Women's Champion. She vows to be 
a force in the SmackDown women's division. And Lacey has presence, I'm not going to lie, but the concern has always been the in-ring game. And she's always been so, so she had moments of being good. And this match, unfortunately, she wasn't very good as Ia Lee and Lacey did not mesh well at all in the ring. And Lacey goes for the elevated double knees in the corner. She misses. Pat McAfee acknowledges it on commentary. And she lays out Zia Lee with the woman's right a short time later for the win. The finish was good. The crowd was not into this very much at all. And Lacey qualifies for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match in Las Vegas in a few weeks' time on Peacock. And I hope that this is not a precursor for things to come because she's got a great story. She's a really good character, but the in-ring work has got to catch up. And that's been a problem for her ever since her days on NXT well over five years ago now. And here's hoping she turns the corner very soon back on SmackDown after being put on Raw, then back on SmackDown due to depth issues when it comes to the SmackDown Women's Division. And speaking of the SmackDown Women's Division, next up is the SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey calling out Natalia and her inferior sharpshooter calling out Brett the Hitman Hart. The crowd does not like that very much as Shotzi comes out to call out Ronda Rousey. She wants to challenge her to a match and if she wins she'll earn a future shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship and Ronda plays on Shotzi's name saying should I give Shotzi a Shotzi at the championship the fans agree and the match is set after the commercial break and I gotta say I thought Shotzi and Ronda Rousey worked pretty well together Shotzi laid in some gnarly kicks to Ronda Rousey rocked her at one point for a very close snowfall and also drops Ronda with a tornado DDT as well on the floor she was very aggressive during this match and I will say this for Ronda Rousey who I still get on occasionally for very low energy promos and that as of late when it comes to her television matches she has always been the giver she lets her opponents shine whether it's Raquel Rodriguez or Shotzi she says come on we're going to give the people a show the outcome might be academic and obvious but we are going to make sure we're going to tear down the house and she's done that the last few weeks on Smackdown and I appreciate that I think ever since she won the Smackdown Women's Championship from Charlotte Flair at Wrestlemania Backlash last month she's been motivated to deliver in the ring and I see that with her matches against Rodriguez and Shotzi and Shotzi was more than game to rise to the occasion she looked like a star and I know if given more TV time she can stand out on Friday nights she gave the champ a run for her money eventually Shotzi was a bit too ambitious slapping Ronda Rousey repeatedly Ronda delivers a couple of nice power slams to Shotzi before laying her out with Piper's pit followed by the arm bar for the submission victory and after the match is over Natalia attacks Ronda from behind and locks in the sharpshooter as security breaks things up and this will lead to Natalia versus Ronda Rousey for the Smackdown Women's Championship at Money in the Bank in a few weeks time in Las Vegas Nevada and that should be a very good match and they had an on-the-spot match on Monday Night Raw that was caught in the ring about three years ago, and it was very good. And I expect both ladies to deliver on pay-per-view in a few weeks' time in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, the question will be, how much would the fans care about Natalia? And I go back to my argument last week. Natty is a seasoned vet. She's a mother hen. She is one of the cornerstones of the women's division dating back to the divas era of 15 years ago she's seen it she's done it all been through the ringer and back but the personality the charisma has always been a bit 
off. And I'm hoping that she can bring something to this feud that Ronda Rousey can't. And that is fire on the mic. Can Natalia fire up? Can she be a believable heel that can give Ronda a run for her money? We know deep down in our hearts, the outcome at Money in the Bank is obvious. Ronda's winning her championship match, plain and simple, but add some semblance of drama, add some intrigue to it. Of course, the match would be good technically, but you have to bring the fans emotionally to really sell this match at the end of the day. Next up is Gunther versus Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship and Gunther lit up Ricochet with a chop immediately. He booted him in the corner, choked him out. Then we have more chops and strikes from Gunther who overpowered Ricochet early on, including a big boot to the face. Gunther goes for a power bomb, but Ricochet counters that into a sunset flip bomb for a very close near fall. The fans immediately wake up for this match after chanting LSU, dare I say. During the onset of this match, Ricochet delivers a springboard clothesline to Gunther, followed by a moonsault for a very close near fall after he kicked Ludwig Kaiser off the ring apron. And as Ricochet is going for his rolling drop kick, Gunther responds with a missile drop kick of his own as Ricochet goes flipping inside out in the corner. It was a great spot as Gunther picks up Ricochet for the powerbomb to become the new WWE Intercontinental Champion. Congratulations to Gunther. This win was well-deserved, but I want to put WWE on notice and that Gunther is great. He was great as Walter on NXT UK. He was great as Gunther and Walter on NXT USA. He could be great on the main roster. He has done all that is asked of him from the music switch to the diet. He looks amazing. Ludwig is great as well. But here is my issue with WWE and the IC title. They treat this championship as if it is nothing. As if it is not worthy to be defended at pay-per-views and now premium live events. I will say this until the cows come home. The IC title has not been defended since Apollo Crews faced Big E for the title during night two of WrestleMania last year. When Commander Aziz made the save as Apollo Crews became the new Intercontinental Champion. There was a span of three months when Shisuke Nakamura did not defend the IC title at all until it went to Sami Zayn for a few weeks and it eventually went to Ricochet heading into WrestleMania season. That is where we are right now. This title can change hands on TV, but it cannot be defended on pay-per-view or PLEs. And that needs to change with Gunther being the champion. Give him viable challengers and put that man on pay-per-view every single month because Roman Reigns is not doing shows most weeks. So you need to elevate a championship, elevate Gunther to be the ace on this show when Roman's not on the broadcast. Make this championship mean something. This guy is great. Treat him as such. Make sure he's on every premium live event, starting with Money in the Bank, heading into SummerSlam, and ultimately Clash at the Castle. He should be on the goddamn poster with the championship, with viable challengers. It's time to treat the champion and the challenger with respect. We have gone 14 months without this championship being defended on a pay-per-view. That must stop in July with Gunther breaking the streak at long last. One can only hope, so congrats to him. But this win means less if he does not have viable challengers who can face him every month on pay-per-view moving forward. 
And now it is time for our main event featuring Sami Zayn versus Riddle. If Riddle wins, he will get a shot at the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship against Roman Reigns next Friday on SmackDown. If he loses, Riddle is banned from SmackDown forever. And Paul Heyman threatened Sami backstage saying, if you don't get this done tonight, if you don't beat Riddle, I'm afraid of what the Tribal Chief is going to do to you next week. And this match was a great main event. We got a lot of filler via video packages and made this show drag a bit but the main event itself was fantastic as Sammy and Riddle have great chemistry the near falls were everything as Riddle immediately went for gut wrench suplexes on Sammy Zayn at one point he picked up Zayn for a gut wrench powerbomb for a near fall before transitioning to a triangle that had Sammy grab the ropes to break the hold eventually Sammy does get some space from Riddle as we go to commercial break we come back and Riddle is dropped immediately with the brain buster by Sami Zayn for a near fall. Eventually, both guys are on the outside, and Zayn is trying to win this match via count out, but Riddle gets back in the ring to break up the count, and he goes up top for the super RKO. Sami Zayn shows him off the ropes, and as Sami goes flying from the top rope, Riddle drops dude with a jumping knee in midair in a pretty sweet spot for a very close near fall but Zayn recovers and he mocks Randy Orton by delivering a draping DDT to Riddle and he mockingly goes for the RKO out of nowhere but Riddle responds with a final flash knee followed by the floating bro on the outside as well and then Riddle is going for a power slam and his own draping DDT on Sami Zayn before going for the RKO but Zayn counters that with a blue thunder bomb for a great near fall but Riddle recovers goes for the bro Derek and Zayn counters that with an exploded suplex in the corner to Riddle and he's going for the halluva kick but out of nowhere charging from the corner Riddle drops Zayn with an RKO out of nowhere pops the crowd to get the win to face Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship next Friday live on SmackDown and Paul Heyman is in disbelief on guest commentary that Riddle got the win and the Usos the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champs go after Riddle by attacking him from behind and as Usos celebrate Riddle responds by grabbing a kendo stick and whooping ass accordingly as he calls out Roman Reigns heading into next week's Universal Championship match and I loved the intensity and the fire from Riddle he is over with this crowd and we know the outcome is academic he will not win but trust and believe that Riddle and Reigns will have a hell of a championship match next Friday on Smackdown a rare appearance by the champ his first WWE Universal Championship defense since Wrestlemania no less so it's about damn time this was supposed to take place most likely at Money in the Bank when it was going to be at Allegiant Stadium but now it's at an arena and Roman Reigns does not do arenas unless they're on TV and fairly sized markets across America at this point due to his reduced schedule that he recently signed up for because that bank account is singing and quite frankly he deserves it but it's a hell of a time to do this when you are holding both championships hostage in some ways heading into the heart of the summer season but all in all I thought this was a good smackdown the opener was great until the finish irked me Everything in between was pretty solid as we built towards money in the bank in a few weeks time in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we'll see what Raw does on Monday with their own build for money in the bank when it comes to qualifying matches and their first full week without Cody being one of the stars of the show as he had successful pictorial surgery on Thursday and he will be out approximately nine months. But knowing WWE, they are probably fudging that number a bit and he'll be back just in time for the 2023 Warrior Rumble going down presumably from the Alamo Dome 
Dome in San Antonio, Texas, and he will get a combination of the Triple H MSG Pop from O2 and the John Cena epic reaction from the 2008 Warrior Rumble at the very same arena, the world's most famous arena. I expect Cody Rhodes to get a similar reception when he comes back and beat Seth Rollins' ass, most likely from the number 30 spot, could be number 21, could be number 27, could be any number, depending how WWE plays it heading into next year. But it should be a great return nonetheless for the American Nightmare. And with that, it's now time to take our focus to AEW Rampage going down taped from the Cable Dahmer Arena in Independence, Missouri, as we kick things off with Eddie Kingston versus Jake Hager from the Jericho Appreciation Society. And this match was fine for the most part. Jake Hager dominated. I was not a big fan of that, to be honest with you. But he was serviceable, delivering some suplexes to Eddie Kingston, doing some ground to pound as well as Eddie had to fight from underneath by delivering some nice chops to Jake Hager. And eventually, Hager goes for the Hager bomb for a near fall, goes for a suplex that... Eddie Kingston counters into a suplex of his own, followed by not one, but two spinning back fists for the win. And Eddie was done. He went through it because Jake Hager laid in those shots throughout the match, found ways to slow down the pace as well. But Eddie Kingston came out on top. A big victory for him, heading into blood and guts against Jericho and his crew in a few weeks' time in Detroit, Michigan. And we do not know the full status of Brian Danielson yet, who suffered an injury during anarchy at the arena at Double or Nothing nearly two weeks ago and hopefully the injury is nothing too serious heading into another hardcore-themed match in a few weeks' time on Dynamite as Injury Bug continues to bite AEW in a variety of ways. Next up is the in-ring debut of Satnam Singh alongside Jay Lethal versus the rag-tack-tack team of Danny Vega and Matt Fitchett. And these dudes got absolutely annihilated by Satnam Singh, who laid both men out with a flying crossbody, which is pretty damn impressive. Then he holds up both guys for Jay Lethal to hit a double lethal injection for the win on Matt Fitchett. And after the match is over, Satnam Singh adds insult to injury by dropping Fitchett with a crucifix bomb, helicopter style. And I like that. I really was impressed by Satnam Singh. He was working for about a minute, but he put in that work nonetheless and looked pretty agile in there for a man of his stature who's just getting started in the wrestling game in AEW. Next up is Red Velvet versus Chris Statlander or Christian Highlander, according to Stokely Hathaway. And I thought this was a really good match. The crowd was not hot for it because it was late in the show. But I have to commend Chris Statlander and Red Velvet for their effort last night as Velvet goes after Statlander on the outside. But she's power slammed by Statlander on the floor for her efforts and press slam back in the ring for good measure. Statlander delivers a running knee to Velvet the Sins are on the outside. As Statlander glares at the batty section, including TBS champion Jay Cargill alongside Kiara Hogan and Soakley Hathaway, she gets Velvet back in the ring and goes for a delayed vertical suplex, but... Velvet is going to chop block the knee as we go to a picture-picture commercial break. We come back, Statlander lands a backbreaker and shouldered Velvet in the corner, followed by a blue thunder bomb from Statlander for a near fall. Velvet counters a electric chair into a victory roll. Statlander hits that O'Connor roll into the German suplex for a good measure, followed by a fisherman's driver for a very, very close near fall. Statlander is caught with double knees to the back by Red Velvet, followed by a middle rope cutter and a hook kick for two by Velvet. She goes 
goes for a finisher, the final slice, but Statlander counters that in two. Saturday Night Fever, formerly known as the Big Bang Theory for the one, two, three, a really fun match down the stretch. Velvet has improved so much, and I still think that she could be a big time star in the AEW women's division if given a fair opportunity. But Statlander did not have a chance to celebrate it. She's jumping behind by Kiera Hogan. And Chris Statlander is going to get nailed with a pump kick by Jay Cargill on the outside as well. Anna Jay makes a save and she goes for the Queen Slayer sleeper on Hogan, but Cargill breaks that up and she dumps her from the ring. Athena tries to run out, but she is stopped by AEW officials. As the bill towards Jade Cargill versus Athena for the TBS championship continues at a date to be determined, of course. And now it is time for our main event featuring the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions FTR teaming with Trent Beretta from Best Friends versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Opens Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. And I thought this was a really great main event with awesome action from all six guys. I thought that Fletcher and Davis were impressive last night and Will Ospreay speaks for himself. He was feeling himself doing jumping jacks, push-ups, the splits at one point to really antagonize Dax Harwood, but eventually, and at one point, FTR clotheslines Davis and Fletcher out of the ring and Beretta goes sailing on the outside to lay out Ospreay with an ICI moonsault, but in the process, he lands awkwardly on his ankle as we go to our final picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Beretta backdrops Ospreay then hits Fletcher with an Enziguri. Davis ducks an Enziguri attempt by Beretta and lands on top of Beretta for a set on for a very close near fall. Beretta dodges a running drop kick in the corner and he makes the hot tack to Harwood and Harwood suplexes both dudes in the ring before landing a short arm clothesline on Osprey for good measure. Then he delivers three German suplexes to Fletcher. Goes for a fourth. Fletcher blocks that and Harwood makes the hot tag to Cash Willow who power bombs Fletcher. That leads to a fourth German suplex by Harwood and Cash floats over for the jackknife cover in a pretty sweet sequence as Willer catches Osprey with an atomic drop Ossie open hits some tandem offense on Willer including a cutter into a 450 splash by Osprey for a very close near fall he goes for an Os cutter on Willer as well for a near fall and Willer hits a Hurricanrana on Fletcher and got the tag to Beretta and from there the match breaks down with Beretta landing a backdrop suplex and Lariat on Fletcher Beretta went for a tornado DDT on Osprey but he shrugs it off and then took out both members of FTR with the slingshot palancha and eventually Beretta is able to lay out Will Ospreay by knocking him off the ring apron and he counters Fletcher a few times before landing the strong zero for the win. A surprise finish but a strong win for Beretta and FTR heading into the Forbidden Door pay-per-view presented by New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW in a few weeks time on pay-per-view live from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. We got big implications going on tomorrow night in the wee hours of the morning on the East Coast with New Japan Dominion going down live on New Japan World. And we shall find out who John Moxley will face for the interim AEW World Championship. Will it be Tanahashi? Will it be Goto? I got my money on Tanahashi because I don't foresee Goto versus Mox being a draw for the championship at Forbidden Door. But as always, we shall see. And of course, we got the highly anticipated Okada versus Jay White match with the winner probably facing Hangman Page and or Adam Cole for the WGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door as well on Sunday, June 26th. So AW's got a busy couple of weeks ahead of them. They have to build towards Road Rager going down this Wednesday, which leads to Forbidden Door and ultimately blood and guts at the end of the month. And I'm assuming after that, it's going to be leading to Fighter Fest season, Fight for the Fallen as the road to All Out begins to take shape during the latter part of the summer. And with that, I thought this was a pretty solid episode of Rampage. 
an easy breezy hour to get through as always. But as I mentioned this week for Dynamite, it feels a bit scattered due to CM Punk's ankle injury that would keep him out of action for an undetermined period of time. And here's hoping that post Forbidden Door, AEW can lock back in and refocus itself heading into their big show in Chicago in September. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 39 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage, Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop in the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, search Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 125 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and your manic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.